Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm Jim Gallagher, Jr. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to get your copy of Only One Shot. That's available at Amazon, written by V.J. Trolio, the teaching professional at Old Waverly Golf Club. Special thanks to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music, and you can find Steve at steveazar.com. Well, the men's regional sites have been set. The teams have been uh, appointed to where they're going, and so we're going to do a little uh, kind of a preview. Uh, we've got one of the coaches, Ryan Cabbage of Charlotte, and they'll be going to Yale. But let's start uh, opening with the Norman uh, Jimmy Austin Golf Club. Oklahoma will be the host there. Uh, it was supposed to be at Alabama, but the golf course in Tuscaloosa wasn't in uh, condition to play. And Alabama actually was ranked in the top 35, I believe it was, uh, but did not make the 500 winning percentage for the season. So they weren't even eligible, which is really uh, a sad thing because they had a really good team. But uh, So that regional was set uh, to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's the one seed, the second seed's Texas, followed by Auburn, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Louisville, Missouri, San Diego State, Utah, Kent State, Kansas State, UT Martin, and Ryder. And that's a really solid uh regional when you look at that uh, all top uh, five teams there Missouri really had a nice run at the uh, SEC in the match play Louisville's got a good team as well San Diego State was starting to play some pretty good golf so that's going to be a tough regional five teams at each regional get out and one low individual who is not on a team will make it out then we'll look at the Palm Beach Gardens regional Vandy the SEC champs back-to-back champs will be the number one seed there followed by the Florida Gators Notre Dame who's had a really good season had a great fall Florida State, Purdue, New Mexico, South Florida, Little Rock, who made it to the NCAAs last year, College of Charleston, Indiana Hoosiers, San Diego, Davidson, Loyola Marymount, and Charleston Southern. Those are the 14 teams there. Columbus at Ohio State. Oklahoma State will be the number one seed there. Last time they were uh, playing there, they won that regional. And actually, well, I think believe they won the NCAAs that year. So they've had another good season, uh, another good year. Top uh, three or four team in the country as well. I think they're ranked number two in the country. Georgia Tech had a really good run this spring. Uh, they're the two seed there, followed by Arkansas, Clemson, East Tennessee State, Ohio State. Watch out for them on their home golf course. Duke, Northwestern, Florida Gulf Coast, San Francisco, Kentucky, Wright State, and Southern Illinois will round out that regional. And then we'll head over to Stockton, California, where Arizona State will be the number one seed, followed by Washington, Stanford, the LSU Tigers will head up from Baton Rouge, Oregon, Nevada, Liberty, BYU, UAB, Houston, UC Davis, Denver, Abilene Christian. What a great story. Tom Shaw and his team went in their conference for the first time, and they get to make their uh, regional uh, trip out there to California in Weber State. Uh, as I mentioned, Yale. Uh, we'll get into that regional here in a second, but let's go to Bryan, Texas, Texas A&M, where Pepperdine defending national champions will be the one seed. Texas A&M, the Georgia Bulldogs, the Tennessee Volunteers, Kansas, Arizona, Michigan State, SMU, Boise State, Oregon State, Colorado State, Southeast Louisiana, and Texas Southern will round out that one. That'll be a good regional as well. And, and we're talking about the Yale uh, regional up in New Haven, Connecticut. And we've got Ryan Cabbage from Charlotte. He's going to be uh, following up here, and we'll have a nice conversation with him. They will be the sixth seed there. But the one seed is North Carolina, followed by Texas Tech, Wake Forest, uh, ACC champs, Illinois, Big Ten champs again, NC State, as I mentioned, Charlotte, North Florida, Georgia Southern, Mississippi State Bulldogs, 
Virginia, UCF, Seton Hall, Yale, the host team, and Sacred Heart. But uh, let's get Ryan Cabbage on the line and hear about uh, their conference win and what they expect when they get to the regionals up at Yale. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Mr. Ryan Cabbage from Charlotte, the men's golf coach there. He's back in Season 4, Episode 16, and that was out in September of 2021. Ryan, welcome back on the podcast. Thank you, Jim. Look forward to uh, spending some time with you once again. Well, you all have had a great season, and uh, let's get everybody kind of caught up. Uh, you actually found out where you're going in the regionals. You're going to Yale. Uh, up there, a beautiful golf course, a Charles Blair McDonald, Seth Rayner golf course. And might be a little strange uh, in May with the weather, but you're up there in a, a sixth seed. You're in with North Carolina, Texas Tech, Wake Forest, Illinois, NC State. Of course, you all are the sixth seed. North Florida, Georgia Southern, Mississippi State, Virginia, UCF, Seton Hall, Yale, and Sacred Heart. So I counted out of the 14 teams, 10 of them from the south. So it might be a little bit of an adjustment weather-wise uh, for you guys when you head up north. I think uh, anytime you travel there and you start seeing bent grass fairways, uh, you know, we see bent grass greens uh, throughout the course of the year. But um, it'll be a little bit unique for, for some of those southern teams to uh, to head up there. But uh, I've been I've been to Yale before. Uh, I was there with an Auburn team in, in 2004 uh, for an NCAA regional. So I've got some familiarity uh, with, with the golf course and, and uh, was actually able to find a couple of yardage books uh, from from back in the day, so uh, we'll be prepared and and um, you know excited to be in in the NCAA championship. And uh, we would have been happy uh, wherever um, the the committee chose to to send us. But uh, I think to be able to stay on the East Coast is, is certainly a good thing, um, you know, for for us. What can you tell us about the golf course? What are some of the kind of unique features? I know Seth Rayner, some of the greens and bunkering. Uh, what are some of the things you remember from the golf course? Greens and, and the bunkering are, are probably the, the two things that stick out the most. Uh, I know there are some uh, a, a few sort of blind tee shots uh, that you got to make sure that you really get uh, good targets off the tee and, and get comfortable with that. Um, so that's something that we'll try to do as much research as we can, you know, before the practice round, uh, so our guys are are prepared um, and, and kind of know what to expect on each of those and, and really get set with, with those targets. But uh, like you said, primarily greens bunkering, uh, and then we'll get to work on, on some of those tee shots uh, and things. But it's a good golf course. Uh, it'll be a good challenge for all of the kids and, and, uh, and a fun golf course to play. How many practice rounds do you all get? Do you get one or do you get two when you get to the regionals? We'll, we'll get the uh, the one practice round. So Saturday the 14th will be a travel day for us, and then uh, the one practice round on Sunday uh, the 15th, and then uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday uh, competition days. So uh, we'll spend the, the, the majority of the next week trying to gather as much information as we can. Um, you know, None of our guys have seen the golf course, but uh, we just want to try to get them as, as comfortable uh, as we possibly can with those sight lines off tees, what to expect. Uh, in terms of greens and, and, and you know, kind of chipping areas and, and things like that, so that that practice round is uh, as effective as it as it can be uh, in preparation for uh, you know when the bell rings on on that Monday morning. Is there anything you can do at home to kind of prepare for that? Any way you can practice uh, around your facility? The different golf courses there. It's it's some different grasses, but is there anything you guys can kind of do to maybe get ready for that? Yeah, the, the one advantage I think we do have. Um, we don't have bent grass fairways here in Charlotte, uh, but we're, we're not too far removed from some golf courses with bent grass fairways. Okay. Uh, and so we'll probably make 
uh, a couple of day trips uh, just a little bit north of Charlotte uh, to try to get on some some golf courses with bent grass fairways uh, that will make the guys feel a little bit more comfortable uh, with that. So uh, we, we are fortunate to, to not be too far uh, away from some bent grass fairways. And, and uh, so uh, I'll do a little research on that. We'll find a couple spots to get these guys out of town to uh, to play. And, and, again, just trying to create as much uh, comfort as we possibly can with these guys as, as we get ready to uh, to get up there. What are finals? Because that's always – I know a lot of teams are – I know the on the women's side, they're, I think several teams are in finals while they're playing, and they play the week before y'all do. But when are your, what's your final schedule for y'all? Begin and fast today, uh, and, and that'll go over the course of the next five or six days. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're fortunate that once when, – when we travel to Yale, we're completely finished with school. So the focus can be uh, solely on the golf. Um, like I said, there are some moving parts between now and that travel day with exams and, and things like that. Um, but, uh, the good news is we don't have that, uh, we don't have exams kind of, um, over us, uh, while we're there. Uh, so the focus can be just on the golf and, and these guys are, they're, they're, they're focused enough and disciplined enough. They'll they take care of exams, uh, get their work done, uh, you know, even during final exams, uh, with their golf games. Uh, and then we'll be we'll be prepared and, and ready to go uh, when when we get to uh, Connecticut. That's a big advantage to be done with school. I I remember us. Uh, of course, that's a thousand years ago. But we were, like you said, taking finals, trying to prepare for that, trying to get ready for. And they didn't have regionals when I played. Uh, it solely was uh, picked by a committee, which that can always be a little dicey. Uh, but. Uh, uh, I like the way they do it with the regionals now, and, and a lot of teams get opportunities. You hate to be that team; it just misses out. But y'all have had a, a pretty solid year. Uh, the start of the fall, uh, you went out to do, kind of finished in the middle of the pack, and, and then won the next event. But uh, you didn't play a lot in the fall. You kind of heavied up in in, uh, in the spring. Uh, did you plan on doing that? What was the plan behind that? Kind of having a light fall and, and a big heavy spring. Had a little bit of a unique situation um, with Connor Golf. Um, you know, Connor's a freshman on this year's team. Um, he's already played on a, on a Walker Cup team uh, for the GB&I team. So Connor early enrolled uh, in January of 21. Uh, but in doing so, there were some academic credits that, that didn't come over. Uh, so Connor was ineligible until January of 22. So he wasn't able to play for us in the fall. Knowing, obviously, his talent level, we mentioned playing on a Walker Cup team already. Uh, I mean, he's got a, a laundry list of, of wins in his in his junior and amateur career over in Europe. Uh, but knowing that he was going to kind of come on board in January of 22, we did only play the three events in the fall. Um, you know, I, I just didn't want to put our program in a, in, a, in a situation where we played kind of what I felt like with, without the full arsenal. Um, of, of our lineup, and um, so we did only play the three events in the fall. Credit to these guys, though. Um, you know, we, we were pretty average at Duke. Um, we did win at River Run, and then we finished second in our final event of the fall um, up at East Tennessee State. Uh, and so we were able to do what we needed to do in the fall, uh, and then you know, a little bit of a slow start uh, in, in the spring down at TPC, and, and uh, kind of got wind blown a little bit in the Bahamas. Um, and um, kind of had a little, uh, we had a little meeting, um, you know, coming out of the Bahamas uh, before we went out to uh, to Palm Springs. Uh, kind of got some things back in line, and and um, and, and these guys have been really good 
uh, from from basically the, the time we got to Palm Springs to to right now, uh, we've we've been pretty solid uh, throughout the course of the spring. Picked up some real quality wins in a lot of events, and uh, yeah, hopefully we continue uh, trending in the right direction and and uh, and kind of peaking at the right time as we get ready to go to Yale, and then hopefully on to uh, Greyhawk. You mentioned uh, several different places to play in the country, and I've talked to several coaches. I know when COVID was, uh, restrictions were there, you're very limited to where you could travel. Now it's a little more open as far as the traveling. And you've gone to Wyoming, the Bahamas. You mentioned that. Do you do that as a, in a conscious effort, just in case you maybe have to go play a regional there or the NCAAs or somewhere? Do you make that when you kind of look at Or how do you make your schedule uh, at the, maybe the beginning of the year? With everything kind of having an eye toward the NCAA championship, number one, as you just mentioned, locations and travel and, and things like that. Uh, I mentioned going out to Palm Springs. Granted, that's not Northern California, you know, where that NCAA site will be in Stockton, but it still gives the guys the opportunity uh, to travel out there, get adjusted to time changes and things like that, course conditions, uh, so on and so forth. So we try to set our schedule up that way uh, so that these guys are prepared uh, for, for whichever NCAA regional we may, uh, we may be sent to. Uh, the second part of that is, is the level of competition. Uh, you know, making sure that we have the opportunities to see, uh, like in our case, we're going to see Chapel Hill, um, you know, at this regional. We've seen Vanderbilt. We've seen, you know, uh, the, the best teams in the country throughout the course of the year. So that when you show up, let's say Sunday morning at that practice round at, at Yale, you're not looking around going, oh gosh, do you see that team over there? Do you see that team over there? Uh, it, it'll kind of be old hat for, for these guys, um, you know, in our in our program and, and on this team uh, because we've played against and, and we've played with the best teams in the country throughout the course of the season. So, again, you, you hear me talk a lot about trying to create normalcy and, and keeping everything consistent for this NCAA regional. I think that starts all the way back uh, with scheduling um, you know, with, with course conditions and, and scheduling with the level of competition so that ultimately we do everything we can to just make the week of an NCAA regional as normal as possible. And then hopefully uh, you, you make the week at, at Greyhawk as normal as possible um, as well. I, I think that's one of the biggest things that we can do as coaches uh, is to try to create an environment and, and treat this week as we do any other week, whether it's uh, a September uh, fall event, or, or whether it's an NCAA regional coming up uh, in May. I think the toughest thing, though, is you want to play against that great competition, and that's important. But you also have to have the 500 rule where you have to win over 50% and beat 50% of the teams. Alabama, who is ranked uh, in the top 30, 40, whatever, would make it by probably by ranking, but because they didn't win and, and go over the 500 rule, they weren't eligible eligible to even make it to regionals. They were supposed to host it. The golf course wasn't ready, so they had to switch it to uh, Oklahoma. So that's also in the balance. How do you balance that? Because you want great competition, but yet, and you've got a good team, but for a lot of these teams, uh, they fell short because they didn't make it to the 500 uh, mark. You always hate to see that for, for guys that, that have good teams, like you mentioned with with Jay Sewell and his program at, at Alabama, uh, Mike McGraw at Baylor, uh, you know, tremendous teams uh, yep. that, um, you know, just happened to fall below 500. And so as a coach, 
it, it is something that you always have to kind of factor in there because you want to put your kids against the, the best competition, and, and you have to do that in order to get your ranking where it needs to be, uh, to be at large in case you don't win your conference championship. Uh, but, but at the same time, um, you know, there's two parts to that criteria for making the NCAA championship. Uh, and, and the other is making sure you're, you're above 500. Uh, you know, for us, we, we talk about that level of competition playing against the best teams in the country. Uh, I do always try to include, uh, maybe one, maybe two events each season where you, you feel like, um, if you play well, you're going to be able to pick up some wins. So it, it, it kind of, takes a little bit of the stress uh, off of the, the, the 500 um, rule and, and, and trying to stay away from that just a little bit. Uh, you, don't, you don't want the stress, but, but there's that fine line there between being having a strong enough schedule and at the same time kind of protecting your program you know, from 500 and making sure that you do pick up the win. So it's, uh, <laughs> there's one guy on one shoulder saying, you know, oh, schedule this, this event, and there's the other guy on the other shoulder uh, talking about making sure that you, you kind of protect your program with that. But we're fortunate to uh, to play well enough, and and, uh, and and these guys did such a tremendous job that uh, we, we kind of took care of the 500 early on, and, and then it just became, okay, where can we get to uh, in, in the national rankings, uh, which these guys did a good job with that as well. Do you like that 500 rule? Because to me, as an outsider, it almost takes away from – playing against the best it kind of keeps you from playing against the best do you uh, i mean what do the coaches think of the 500 rule the more coaches that i talked to you know it, it began i want to say uh jim i think it was 2009 uh, was the first year of that 500 rule interestingly enough the very first year i was an assistant at auburn and, and we missed an ncaa regional because of 500 um you yeah. know and and we had a situation here at charlotte I want to say that was probably 2014 that we missed by we, we fell one win below 500. Uh, we needed to finish third or better at our conference championship. We finished fourth by two shots. Our ranking was fine. We were going to be in by ranking and fell below 500. So I've had a couple of instances that I didn't like that 500 rule a whole lot. Uh, but but in the big picture, I think now you know 12, 13 years later. Uh, I, I think uh, most coaches have adjusted to that. Um, it has its goods and it, ba- and it has its bads. Um, you know, I, I think on the good side, it creates more opportunities for maybe non-Power 5 schools or things like that uh, to have the opportunity to compete against, uh, you know, the, 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 the better teams uh, around the country at least once or twice a year. Um, you know, with that, um, like you said, the, the downside can be, uh, that you, you do have to soften your schedule just a little bit and, and maybe not play against uh, the absolute best teams in the country week after week after week. But it, it does provide opportunity for, for other teams um, you know, that might not otherwise have that. Yeah, I go back to, to those times at Auburn prior to 2009, uh, and it was probably similar when, when you played at Tennessee. We, we traveled almost in little pockets. Um, yep. you, you would see the same... 12 to 15 teams seem like week after week after week. Uh, and, and one week we were in Birmingham, and the next week we were in Dalton, Georgia, at the Carpet Capital, and the next week we were at the, the NCAA preview. And, and we never really saw any other uh, teams uh, from around the country. 
I, I think it kind of skewed the rankings a little bit with that as well because uh, it, it was hard to be ranked outside the top, call it 30 to 35 in the country, because you never played against teams that were ranked outside of that. Um, so I, I think that's another positive. It, it gives opportunities for uh, you know maybe a team like ourselves at, at Charlotte uh, to be able to compete in, in those weeks against the best teams. Uh, and if we're able to uh, to kind of clip off some of those top 25 teams and top 10 teams in the country, it goes a long way with the rankings. So it, it, it has its, uh, you know, kind of the, the pluses and the positives. Um, you know, it, it does have a little bit of a downside sometimes. But, but overall, I think as coaches around the country, we, we've, we've kind of figured out that, okay, this is what it is, and, uh, and, and, and we've got to do with it the, the best we can. You mentioned the spring uh, top five finishes against some of those great teams. How much confidence does that give your team, you know, and when they can compete against the best? Because I've heard some coaches use this as kind of motivation. I don't know that you guys need to because you've got a pretty solid team. But they go and say, hey, those are the teams that didn't recruit you or didn't maybe look at you. And they use that as kind of a motivational factor. I've heard some smaller schools do that with uh, when they go up against an SEC team. But how much confidence does that give you or did that give you beating those teams when you went into the conference tournament because uh, uh, you were on a pretty decent roll going into there? It certainly helps, um, you know, when, when you're able to, to beat some of those teams. You know, this is a, a pretty confident team that we have. Uh, I think they felt comfortable, um, you know, and, and we've got a unique um, group right now in that uh, – you know, four of these guys have been in the lineup um, for for the majority of their time here. So they've continually over, you know, look at Ben Woodruff and, and Carson Owenby for, for three years and D.J. Park for a couple of years, Matt Sharpstein, um, you know, as a, as a fifth-year guy. Um, you know, they, they've played against that level of competition, and I, and I think they kind of trust their ability, uh, that they know they're good enough. But, but certainly when you're able to go do it and, and you're able to beat some of those you know, top five team in the country or top 10 team in the country and, and some top 25 teams in the country, you know, I think success breeds success. Um, and, and you, uh, you can, can, can continue to, to build on, on that positive momentum. And I think for us, for this spring in particular, as I've mentioned before, you know, coming out of that Bahamas trip, um, you know, we, we were, uh, you know, we weren't playing very well. Um, and, and I think, like I said, after a little bit of a meeting, we kind of got things back in line. And so when you do that and then you see success immediately after that with a win in Palm Springs, um, and, and then you kind of continue to build on that, the top, uh, I guess we finished fifth or, or sixth at, at Linger Longer against a really, really good field down at Lake Oconee. So you, you, there's as much momentum coming out of that adversity when you find success that I think probably played as big a role as anything because the guys kind of then look around and go, okay, we're back on track. We're, we're moving in the direction we need to move in. And then fortunately for us, that, that kind of snowballed in the right direction uh, throughout the course of the, uh, the spring. But uh, no doubt when you, um, when you see those best teams in the country, uh, you know, in the field week after week, uh, you know, these guys accept that challenge. And uh, I think for any non-Power 5, uh, you, you do have a little bit of that chip on your shoulder with, okay, let's go see where we are, where do we stack up, uh, and, and let's go compete uh, and, and see what happens. Isn't that funny how you just mentioned the chip on your shoulder? Scott Limbaugh at Vandy, who I just finished a podcast with, he has his team with the same mentality, and they've been a top-10 team seven out of eight years. 
it, it's always interesting how different coaches go to motivating, but so many conferences are going now to medal and then playing match play. What adjustments, without giving us too much of your strategy, but how does you know how does the mental approach from you as a coaching uh, a coach telling your players how do you get them to change from that mental mentality into the match play? Because unfortunately, we don't play as much match play here in the in the states as, as they do in a lot of places. When we went to Texarkana for our conference championship, was not looking ahead to the match play portion. You know, the, the guys knew that that obviously we've got to. We're going to need to win two matches on Thursday to win a conference championship. Well, well, as a coach, you get a little bit concerned uh, of looking past three rounds of stroke play. Uh, and and we, we didn't play very well uh, in, in three rounds of stroke play. We, we were fortunate to, uh, to slide in there in, in that fourth spot. I felt like our team, we were comfortable all week knowing that, okay, we haven't played very well, but when we do, we're going to take care of, of what we need to take care of in stroke play. Um, you know, but it's always a concern of looking forward. I don't think these guys looked past the stroke play. Uh, it, it certainly wasn't a, a slight on any of the teams in our conference or, or anything like that. We knew the depth of our conference. We knew the strength of the conference going into to Texarkana. We just didn't play very good golf uh, for, for three rounds of stroke play. Um, I, I think what happened there, though, is we and every team has that opportunity. You know, the, the teams that don't finish first in stroke play, the two, three, the four for us in Texarkana, the, the two through eight at, at Sea Island in the SEC championship, there's almost new life there. You can kind of reset and, and you get to you have that opportunity of, OK, boys, mm-hmm. we've got another opportunity now. We're two matches away. Uh, from winning a conference championship. Uh, and so I, I think it almost breathes new life uh, in, into the kids when, whatever you want to call it, you dodge that bullet in stroke play or, or whatever it might be, and, and then you can kind of reset uh, and kind of go from there. I don't know that our kids really changed our approach uh, from, from stroke play to match play. Um, you know, we, we kind of changed a couple things around with, with our, our lineup. Uh, not necessarily the, the five guys that were going to be playing from stroke play to match play, um, but you know we we put Matt Sharkstein out in the very first match. Um, you know you and I spent some time together at the U.S. Amateur. Matt's obviously had some success uh, in, uh, mm-hmm. in in match play. Um, you know DJ Park in, in match two. Um, you know DJ is going to be our conference player of the year. Uh, you know, Connor Goff, we talked about the Walker Cup, English Am champion. He's obviously had some success in, in match play, goes out in match three. So we felt like, I don't know if you want to call it, you know, let, let's try to bull rush these guys right out of the gate. Uh, but we kind of reconfigured some things from years past going into match play at our conference championship and, and kind of changed a little bit around uh, this year. And unfortunately, uh, we, we were able to, to get a good win against a, a Florida Atlantic team that, that almost made the NCAA field. I think we're, they were one of the first couple teams out, uh, but a really good team. And, and then to beat uh, UT San Antonio uh, in the in the championship match. So uh, just happy for these guys and, and excited to, to get that conference championship. Yeah, with five guys, it's, you know, they always talk the Ryder Cup because the strategy of who you put out first or last. But with five guys, I mean, I don't know if there's the strategy. I kind of like putting your better players out there first. You might want to leave one for the end, but get the points as you can. I mean, they may put their best player against them, but if you're going to beat them, 
you're going to have to beat them anyway with only five guys. You've got to you got to win those three matches. So I, I don't I, I kind of like that putting my my players and you may talk to the players. They may feel more comfortable out there as well, as opposed in that anchor position. But we did that. That was one of the things that we talked about before we even went to Texarkana. Um, and, and again, again, we're, we're talking about match play, but at the same time, still focusing and knowing what we need to do. But trying to, again, create that sense of normalcy. I didn't want to get past round three of stroke play and then start trying to figure out what we were going to do in match play. So we sat down and we talked about it, um, and, and we talked about kind of putting those three guys out front. I, I think some of that, you, you look at a guy like Matt Sharks, and just the little things, Matt doesn't need a whole lot of time to warm up. And, and uh, you know, a guy like Ben Woodruff, needs a little bit more time to kind of get zoned in and, and he goes through some things pre-round and, and all that kind of stuff to get prepared. So him being in a fourth match, just little things like that. But, but we talked about those things uh, on the front end. So our guys knew exactly what we were doing before we ever got to Texarkana. You know, those things are talked about in Charlotte three days before we even travel uh, to, to Texarkana. And, and so, um, again, I, I don't know right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, it worked out for us this week, but uh, that, that's kind of the way we approached it. Um, you know, I, I, none of the years we've gone to Texarkana. I know some coaches look at it and try to get guys matched up against other players or, or whatever. I don't know. I, I'm not smart enough to figure all that out. So we just kind of go out in the, in the order that we feel is best for us. Uh, you know, on that given day, and, and um, you're going to have to play well. Uh, regardless, uh, you know, on, on a week that, you know, or a day after the NCAA selection shows, and, and there's a lot of talk about who was sent where and this and that. Well, at the end of the day, uh, you, you're going to have to play well at an NCAA regional to advance. Uh, and it's the same thing with match play. Uh, you're going to have to play well to win a match no matter who you play. And, and so let's just put them out there and, and see what happens. You mentioned the selection show and, and the guy sitting around. You know you're in. You won the conference. Take us through those emotions and what it's like in that room when you find out where you're finally getting to go. Yeah, we, we had a really cool experience yesterday. Um, you know, we were over in our uh, athletic complex, and, and we had some athletic administration in there. We had some parents that drove down uh, to spend that afternoon with our guys. Uh, Robert Woodard, our baseball coach here at Charlotte, they finished practice, um, you know, before four o'clock. So they walked over and we had those guys in there. That's a team that played in the NCAA baseball championship last year. And there's kind of a connection between our golf program and our, and our baseball program. Ron Sanchez, our basketball coach was there yesterday. So it just created a, a, a really fun environment. It's always, uh, you know, more fun when you're in there and you know that you're in, it's just a matter of which site are you going to go to. Uh, but it was more of a kind of a celebration, you know, for these guys. And, and I've told them, you know, many times that, you know, making the NCAA championship field is, is not easy. Uh, there are a lot of really good coaches and a lot of really good players around the country. Uh, and, and certainly we can't take those things for granted. I don't think anyone takes for granted making the NCAA championship field. Uh, you know, and, and so I think it should be celebrated. Uh, it, it's hard to do. Um, and so we, we had a fun, a fun day yesterday, uh, with the guys and, and it was cool to see our name pop up. We got a little bit of airtime there on the, uh, on the golf channel with kind of a live look in, uh, with, with our guys. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, it, it was just kind of a celebration and, and, um, uh, you know, kind of 
uh, give these guys a little pat on the back for being able to uh, to accomplish something that's really special. And, and then uh, we immediately go now into uh, let, let's get back and let's get focused and, and get ready to go to Yale. How cool is it to have those other programs, you know, all those other coaches and from the other sports of your school kind of in there with you? That has to be kind of a really cool atmosphere to know that they're behind you and they're and they're part of that because uh, golf as we all know uh now it's on tv it's becoming more popular but it has to be pretty cool to know those other sports are uh, back in there and, and excited for you as well it, it was a lot of fun and, and i think that's always a neat thing and and uh you know we we talked back in in uh in august um and you know i kind of grew up in a in an athletic family yep. and in a sports environment so I've always sort of felt a connection to, you know, our, our football coaches and our baseball and our basketball coaches or whatever. And, and, and I've got some great friendships. Um, you know, Will Healy, our football coach here, I had lunch with him a couple of days ago and, and uh, he actually is playing the uh, member guest at Baker's Bay. Uh, so he couldn't be with us yesterday, but he would have been on the front row yesterday. Uh, just excited for our kids. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's, um, yeah, that, that connection uh, between athletes, I, I think there's an appreciation, and I, and I know this was the same way for you at Tennessee. Uh, I think all student athletes appreciate what each other, uh, what they do, the time management and the work ethic and, and everything that they have to do to be successful in their sport. And it doesn't matter if it's you know men's and women's tennis or if it's soccer or if it's football. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go into being successful, and, and I think – uh, that appreciation from from student athlete to student athlete and from coach to coach, um, you know, I, I think it's always going to be there. And, and we're fortunate here at Charlotte uh, to to have a good connection between a lot of our athletic programs. And and uh, and we've had some good success. I mentioned baseball there, and, and our women's basketball team made the NCAA field, uh, men's soccer. So uh, we certainly, um, you know, we, we've been to some some NCAA championships here uh, with with multiple sports and. And it's just neat to have that connection with with a lot of other coaches and a lot of student athletes, uh, you know, here in our in all of our programs at Charlotte. It's a pretty cool time to be at Charlotte. It's a pretty cool time to be part of Ryan Cabbage's golf team. Good luck up in Yale. I like your chances up there. I think y'all are going to do some damage. Hopefully, I get to see you at Scottsdale. I got moved from the studio. I'll be doing the live golf, so I hope to see you out in Scottsdale at Greyhawk. But uh, good luck to you, uh, uh, May sixteenth through eighteenth, up at New Haven, up at Yale. Thank you so much, and, uh, and I appreciate everything that you do. Uh, I will say that uh, I, I do feel good about these guys. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that, that ultimately if we go there and, and we play well, uh, then everything else is going to take care of itself. And um, so that will be our primary focus, and, and I hope to, uh, to be able to bump into you uh, at Greyhawk in, in just a few weeks. All right, buddy. Good luck to you. Safe travels. Thanks so much. Take care. Appreciate all you do.